Welcome back to RC Stuff. My name is Charlie Sawanka. I am here along with Mike Chen. Good afternoon, Mr. Chen. How are you today? Not bad. How about yourself, Charlie? Oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm mostly excited because we have three special guests. Mike, you know more about our special guests than I do because you set this all up. So give us a, a soft intro on the our, our guest this afternoon. So our guest this afternoon is the Rosie Rippers. They are an all-female drone racing team. And, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Awesome. Before we go too far, I want to remind everybody, don't forget, this is a... Not just a podcast, but we give away free RC stuff every single episode. All you have to do is send us an email, rcstuff at hobbywing.com. Include your name, your address, t-shirt size, and let us know what kind of RC stuff you're in, into. And do me a favor, type your email address into there. Because when I cut and paste it and send it to the boss, I always forget that part and I get yelled at. So don't forget. But uh, without further ado, I'm going to let Mike take it away with the guest this afternoon. And we will... Sit back, relax, and you guys can have a Charlie-free few moments. All right, we are live, guys. So today in RC Stuff, we have the Rosie Rippers. Would you guys care to introduce yourself one at a time? Hello, hello. I am Rue. I will go first. My name is Susan Smith. And I have been flying drones for about five years now, I think, and really enjoy racing as my um, primary way I fly drones, but I also do freestyle and I love uh, tiny whoops as well. Yep. Hello, I'm Amanda or PyFly. I've been flying about two and a half years and I like to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Liz. Um, also ribbit fpv i have been flying seriously for about a year um but i've been playing with drones for the last three and i really enjoy it and i really enjoy racing all right that is awesome well thank you guys for very much for the introduction and so you guys are the rosie rippers and you guys are, are a all-female <laughs> drone racing team is that correct yes Okay, so, I mean, the first question I got for you, like, what, what, uh, what does the Rosie Rippers represent to you guys? So, the Rosie Rippers are an all-female drone racing team devoted to leading by example and showing women that they, too, can race drones if they're interested. We hope that by providing mentoring to any up-and-incoming female pilots that we can make drone racing more accessible for women. Yeah, and Mike, we just really wanted to show other women that they can do it too. We want to have a fun, supportive community. So we have members who are just beginning um, to more advanced flyers like PyFly and myself. And essentially, we just want to be a voice out there to help any ladies who are looking to fly FPV. We just want to give them you know, some mentoring or guidance or um, ask advice if they need to vent, you know, what, whatever they might need. We're just a fun community for them to be a member of. As a teacher, I just wanted to show that STEM and drones are accessible to anybody. And so getting more girls into that at a young age was something I was really interested in. I guess let's start with, uh, let's just keep the same order going uh, with uh, Rue. How did you get into FPV? I got into FPV because it was a hobby my boyfriend picked up. And he had a long history in RC. He had done RC cars and he had done helicopters. 
but I didn't have any RC experience whatsoever other than may maybe playing some video games if you want to, you know, quote unquote, count that as something that could lead you to be able to fly drones. So he would keep telling me how drones are really easy, like they're so much fun, I should give it a shot, etc, etc. And I really didn't want to break his drone, so I was too afraid to fly his drone. So he started having me practice in the computer simulator, and I'm sure that Liz and Ribbit uh, and PyFly can attest to this, but learning drones is, it's not easy for everybody. It, it took me a long, long, long time to try to figure it out. And it wasn't until I finally got my own Tiny Whoop, which is a miniature drone that fits in the palm of your hand. Uh, I got my own Tiny Whoop and I saw that, hey, I can fly this thing in the house. I can crash against the TV. I can crash it down the stairs. It's not gonna hurt anybody and they're really durable. And then I didn't have to worry about breaking his equipment anymore. And that, now I understand how silly it was to worry about breaking his equipment because I can see that these drones are pretty easy to repair once you do know what you're doing. It, sometimes it's just even one solder joint or a plug that, that came out. Um, but at the time, I because I didn't know how to solder and I didn't know how to do any of this, I thought it would be catastrophic if I broke one of his drones. So I, I can see now that I can do the repairs as well that, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Everybody crashes and they're, they're pretty easy to fix. Yeah, I had a pretty same experience. And I know for the longest time, I was very afraid to push my drones. I was afraid to hurt them in any way, shape or form because I didn't know how to fix them. Um, but I got into it because while I was away at college, um, my husband had gotten a drone for work. Uh, we live in Seattle and so a lot of high rises and things that he works on and got a big picture drone went to YouTube discovered more about him and he got into FPV and started iGal and had asked me as somebody who knew nothing about drones to be a judge for this competition and I was like sure why not and I spent the entire first season of this competition watching people fly drones and then just being amazed at what they're capable of doing and being like, okay, I need to do this. <laughs> and awesome. so after that, um, I started flying the drone that he had actually built me the year prior, trying to get me into flying. And that was a little tiny whoop. And so I did that for starting in September of 2019. And I would only attend races and fly at the races. And then I started traveling more and hanging out with more of the community. And then the more I got involved in the community, there's the more I, effort I put into my flying. And then last year I went to IO for the first time ever and it just blew my mind. And I built my very first five inch, thanks to you, Mike. You're very welcome. And from, from that point forward, I've just been just pushing hard and so for the last 10 months I've just been all about drones all about racing all about getting more women in the community and it's just it's been a blast awesome so in about 2018 I saw DRL on TV and I was like this is the coolest thing ever but the season ended and there wasn't really much I could do about that so I just kind of forgot about it for a while but then in 2019 uh, I was excited when I saw that new levels of DRL had recorded, 
and so I decided to watch them, obviously. And I was extremely impressed by Vanover, who was a rookie that season, and he was only 19. And thinking about that a bit, I realized that if he was that good at 19, then he would have had to start training many years ago, like at my age or younger, I was 14 at the time. And then the more I thought about that, I wanted to start racing for sure. And the more I saw that it was possible to do. Like, a 14-year-old like me could definitely join race. Um, so I joined DRL's Discord server, and the wonderful people there got me hooked up with the sim. And so I started practicing with an Xbox controller. Ooh. And <laughs> months later, I was able to compete in tournaments, when at the beginning, I was falling out of the air in seconds. So a bit after that, I went to a race in real life. And I was just so thrilled with it that afterwards my parents talked about it for a long time and decided to buy me all the parts I needed to build a drone for Christmas that year. So I built my first quad over about three months. My dad taught me how to solder and helped me along the way when I had questions. And looking back, I'm surprised the thing flew. <laughs> but <laughs> there was nothing better than the feeling when I took off at my first race for the first time and just thinking, I built that thing, and I can fly with it now. It was a 5-inch, so that was pretty crazy, just going jumping straight into 5-inch. And you did, you did pretty well at that race, didn't you? Yeah, so that was my first time ever flying FPV, and I got 6th. Wow. Nice. That's better than my first race. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> my first race, I don't even think I finished. <laughs> I was yeah, barely. I think it shows like the power of the sim. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh Rue, oh, yeah. I think you were at my first race. Uh, was it? It was a. I think it was a uh, fun fly at um at Winter Ranger's house uh, yeah, when he was in up New north. Jersey. Yeah, when he was up north. And uh, I think I was I was barely getting a lap in. Like in the two minute timer <laughs> before the timer went off, and everybody I, was I like, "I remember you being really good, though." Everybody was like, done and wait, like everybody was done <laughs> and waiting for me. I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so slow." <laughs> did you have? Did you still have a freestyle quad at that time, or did you have a racer? I had a freestyle quad at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember, and I was like thinking, "Wow, he's like going to be pretty good." I'm like, if he's doing this with his freestyle quad. When he gets more experience and gets a racing drone, I, I, knew, I knew you were going to really up your times. Yeah, no, that that was the first time for you. You got to watch me for the first time fumble through gates. <laughs> that is so awesome. I remember those days, too, when everybody else would be done and I'm like barely completed one lap. And I'm just like, please, I'm so sorry. You know what? We... Yeah, I think I came in um, dead last in every race I entered for probably a good six months. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the one thing i think we all remember those those you know those starting points that were just so difficult i remember spending the first six months just trying to fly to the tree in a straight line get around the tree and then get back to myself yeah that was my first six months <laughs> oh mine was trying not to slam into the roof every single time i took my tiny whoop off because it would just be like <laughs> throttle bam straight into the ceiling and i'm just like oh my god I, all i would ever hear was throttle control throttle control well it's it's funny because um beginners when they come out i feel like they always are very self-conscious and they're trying to say like don't mind me like it's okay and i'm like no no we we love watching you because it reminds us of when we first started and we're all encouraging and 
um, you know, there's there's no judgment whatsoever. We re- we remember what it was like, and oh hey, if you can get one lap, you know, that's great. And if you're not there yet, that's that's fine too. Like we'll help you out. Yeah, that's one of the things about this community that I absolutely love. I mean, like everybody's been really really helpful. I mean, uh, Rue part, being part of the safety third guys, and then really helped me as a pilot actually also get like you know get a lot better by hosting the races and just you know helping me along and i I really appreciate that guys and then uh actually this is a good segue into my next question for you guys um how would you how would you suggest that anybody who is fpv curious uh get started Pyfly and myself will probably say a computer simulator, and I bet Liz can piggyback onto that with talking about iGal. Yeah. Um, so I think a computer simulator is a really great way to learn. So probably the number one question I get on my social media is, can you tell me what FPV kit to buy? And I, I say, well, you know, th- there's a few good ones out there, but I actually recommend that you just spend the money on a good radio controller, hook it up to your computer simulator, and work on that. And if you don't like it, you should be able to sell that radio um, for a pre- pretty decent price, so you're not out all of the money. Because if you buy a ready-to-fly kit, you're spending money on a radio and goggles that you're not going to use for that long because they're they're very entry level. So it's a way to try it out with maybe not um, spending or wasting, I should say, in the long term quite so much money. So I know, Amanda, you're a big fan of The Sims as well. Um, Clearly, if you you could go and win sixth place on your first race, your first time you ever flew. My second, so my first pack was just flying back and forth over the field. My second pack, I made two laps. Nice. nice like ever <laughs> i wish so definitely a big proponent of sims that's why i definitely recommend buying a simulator and practicing on there just to get a feel for flying and also like if drone racing is something you'd want to invest in like maybe simulator flying's fun but you just don't think you want to do it in real life that's a good way to determine that but you can get a simulator like drl or velocidrone for less than 20 dollars and if you really don't want to spend that much for entry, you can just use a gamepad controller just to get a feel for it until you decide you want to make that initial purchase of a radio. Yeah, because you started on a gamepad controller, too. I flew a gamepad controller for five months. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> I didn't know anything else, so I was just like, well, <laughs> there's probably better out there, but this works. I mean, the fact, yeah, the fact that you can make it work is impressive. <laughs> I wanted to fly so badly. I was just, like, anything that could get me there, I was down to do it. Nice. Nice. And then um, after you get the radio, um, then I'd always recommend people go to a Tiny Whoop next, and that's probably a good segue for, for Liz to talk about iGal. Yeah, I would, if. If it's something that you're interested in, I would definitely suggest starting with a Tiny Whoop or, as they said, the simulator first and figure out if it's something that you're really interested in doing. And if you have more interest, then definitely participating in iGAO is a great way to improve your skills. I let anybody who will listen know that Agilis, who just won the IO Tiny Whoop Championship and took fourth. I believe it was at Whooptopia. 
amongst some of the top pilots in the country began flying before the season of iGal that he participated in. Went through iGal and took second place. Like, he's a beast. And it just comes from the practice and the dedication and just the fun way that we go about putting things together. I mean, it starts out so simple. Go out and orbit a tree. Go and learn how to roll your drone. Go learn how to flip your drone. And then it just turns into some of the most amazing freestyle and racing that I've actually got to witness over the last three years. It's been amazing watching these pilots grow. And then usually IGO has some universal time trials as well, right, Liz? Yes. Um, so that's what helps with the racing, too. So once we get through the season and you have figured out kind of how to use your drone, um, we start linking tricks together. We do a universal time trial, um, which is short for you or shortened down is UTT. Um, and they're just racetracks that are really small that you can set up anywhere the dimensions are put online and then there's generally a leaderboard so then you can keep track of where you are against other pilots in the country um, and it's actually we are doing a spin-off of iGAO and doing a all UTT iGAO that will be starting at the end of July um, and each every two weeks we'll be putting out a new track and each one of those tracks is going to be designed by a different top pilot in the drone community so we've got like ak hyper orange stuff leviathan just to name a few who are all designing tracks for this that is that's gonna be so cool yeah definitely <laughs> and uh this is a general rc stuff uh podcast so liz can we explain what igao is Yes, so iGAO is the International Game of Whoop. If you have ever played a game of horse growing up, which I'm sure most people have, or even a game of quad with your drones, um, that is exactly what it is. We put out a trick every single week on our YouTube channel. You have one week to learn that trick, perform that trick, and record a video and submit it back to us. If you pass, awesome, you get to move on to the next week. If not, you get a letter. Um, the letters are W-H-O-O-P. Once you get five, you are knocked out of the competition. This last season lasted 48 weeks, so it is not a short competition. <laughs> it is definitely a commitment. <laughs> well, but if you're just learning, though, um, you know, you might only be in for eight or ten weeks because by then the tricks will start getting a little more complicated. So I love seeing the very beginners who join iGAO and they're just doing their first flights. I mean, it's great to see. So however long they last, that's that's fine. There's no there's no judgment. Um, it's just a great way to get started. Oh yeah, not at all. I mean, and on top of it, you're going to then join an amazing of community of people that are going to help you with anything that you need. Um, I have seen people break their drones one week, post into the Discord or the Facebook group, and fellow competitors in this competition where you're winning money, you're winning prizes, you're going for a tiny whoop sponsorship as the overall prize, are still sending parts to this player so that they're capable of continuing to participate in the competition. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing community. That is awesome. All right. Um, I'm going to start with PyFly on the next question. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, what's your most memorable FPV moments? So for most memorable FPV moments, three come to mind for me. Okay. So my first global qualifier, I had crashed my quad about seven or eight rounds of qualifying through, and it was broken in a way that I was unable to repair it at the time. So I went over to inform the race director that I couldn't fly my last few heats, and I was overheard by a few of the other pilots racing, and they told me that they could fix it. So I handed over my quad, and they all worked together to fix it for me, and it was just such an incredible moment, because I'd never met a group of people that were so willing to go out of their way to help a competitor. That's awesome. And you said you had three? Yeah, so then my last chance qualifier in 2020, my ninth round, I set a time that put me in pro class. I'd only been flying for six months at that point, so it was just crazy, and everyone was celebrating, and it was just great. And then finally, my first time winning a race. I had never thought that I would get a second ace that day after my first one. I was just like, oh, well, everyone else just, like, crashed out. It was just a one-off thing. And I got my second ace, ended it in two rounds, and I just remember pulling off my goggles and saying, did I just win? (laughs) And my dad told me I did. And then later that night, reviewing the footage and realizing, like, hey, I'm getting pretty fast, actually. And then posting it on YouTube, and I got so many comments from well-known pilots just with congratulations telling me that I'm getting fast, and that just really made it just the greatest thing ever. That's really cool. And for the listeners out there who don't know the format, so usually we do in drone racing, we have a, cha- a format called Chase the Ace, where when you come down to the final round, you have to win twice in order to actually win. So you gotta, you know, you gotta do the repeat and to make it legitimate, right? Okay. Um, Rube or uh, Ribbit, would you care to share your most memorable FPV moments? Yeah, I can go next. I really like team racing, and my most memorable moment was Mayhem, the year that it rained. So in I guess I'll really back up. (laughs) So to race drones, we are broadcasting video over certain frequencies, and we can typically have eight pilots flying at a time, but on different channels, so that we can each still see the video feed from our drones. So Mayhem is typically made up of eight teams of about eight to ten pilots each, and your goal is to keep a drone flying in the air at all times. So your teammate comes into land and you turn on your video and arm your quad and you launch your drone as quickly as you can. Um, So consistency is really important in the Mayhem race because every time you crash, you're losing a drone on the field, you're losing a battery, and you're losing a lap. And if you run out of drones, your team won't be able to fly. So Mayhem, a few years ago, it rained and rained and rained, and half of the racetrack was, it was like a pond. There was probably a good half half foot of water on the ground, and, uh, you know, if you crash your drone, you, it may not work anymore, <laughs> because uh, water's, water and electronics don't mix, mix together so well. And I should have been really nervous flying over water for 12 hours. But I just was incredibly calm, and I think I flew my most consistent I've ever flown in that race. Um, I I remember I maybe only had three or four crashes that that entire time. So it was just an incredible experience. And to piggyback off of that, my second most memorable was when we were at the International Open just a few weeks ago, 
and the Rosie Rippers flew their first team race as an all-girls team. And it was really exciting to get to see Ribbit, who is a little bit newer to five-inch racing, get to see her experience team drone racing. And just to have an all-women's team is really a cool, awesome thing. And we want to you know, showcase that it's something that women can do. And lastly, we were in the pit next to Minchan, who is the fastest drone pilot in the world. So we were getting to do our first race, but also get to admire the skill of the, the team next to us. It was it was really a remarkable experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I would t- actually have to piggyback off of that because my one of my most memorable things would be this IO this year and participating in five-inch racing for the first time ever. Like, I mean, my literal first IRL five-inch race was at IO this year. It was the team racing because <laughs> I tried to participate in the um, chapter organizers race and every single one of my drones had problems. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was not able to race at all during the chapter organizers race. And so I did team racing and Amanda and Susan were just super amazing during the entire time. I'm like freaking out because I'm like, these are amazing pilots. And I'm just, like, figuring out how to do this. We couldn't figure out how to get my switches to work. So I only had one quad compared to their, like, six quads. But it was still one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever had. And it's, like, I cannot wait for the next team race. And now I know how to do my switches. And now I'm going to have, like, 12 quads out there. And it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Team racing is just, it's so fun. I will have to say thank you because I learned how to do the switches with you that time. Right? (laughs) (laughs) We've got that figured out now. And from now on, we'll be good to go. Um, And then I'd have to say one of my other just like really great memorable moments would have to just be iGal itself. Um, As I said in the beginning, I watched this competition for a year before like actually participating in the drone community and doing the thing. I wouldn't really communicate with people. I'd like talk to people in the chat. And it's just the more I got into it and the more I started communicating, um, the community as a whole has made it so that like the idea of not flying drones is just like, I mean, you might as well take my right arm. Because <laughs> it's just, there's no possible way I could ever, ever imagine not being a part of this community. It's one of the greatest parts of like just what I've got going on in life right now. Awesome, awesome, guys. Um, at this point, uh, is there anybody you guys want to shout out? Yes. So, as we mentioned earlier, we do have 11 members on the Rosie Rippers. I will totally apologize, ladies. I do not recall all of your pilot names. <laughs> but, of course, we've got myself, Ribbit FPV. We've got uh, Rue FPV. We've got High Fly. We have uh, Sole Solse. She's in UK. She goes by the name Derpy Hooves. Um, we've got Silk Jam. She's out of Georgia. Silk James. We've got Arena Peters, and she actually hails from up in Bellingham, Washington. So pretty close to me. That is Prop Princess FPV. Um, Noelle Nicole. I cannot remember her pilot name at the moment do you all remember her pilot name it was something really clever right now now (laughs) yes yes yes. thank you crazy do um 
Molly Murphy, who we met at I.O. and was an amazing part of our pit team. We greatly appreciate you. That's Murphy. Um, we've got a Lilith Gutler that is um, lithium. She's an amazing freestyle pilot. Jenica Schwab. I do not know her pilot name. Piefly, do you know it? Uh, I don't yet. I don't know if she okay. has one yet. All right. She is one of our newest members to our team. And then Brie Elizabeth, that is Brie23. Cool. And, of course, we also have to give a shout-out to GemFan, who has reached out to us and wanting to support and sponsor the team. So they were kind enough to provide us props for the team race, and we really appreciate them and how much they support the community. Yes, thank you so much, GemFan. Awesome, awesome. And um, last, most important question of all is how can people find you guys? Rosie underscore Rippers on Instagram. Yep. And then I'm actually in the process of finishing up our Facebook page. So that should be live here in the next few days. And then that's just Rosie Rippers. Beautiful. And if there are any women who are interested in joining, they just have to reach out. Um, the only real requirement is that you just have to have an interest in drone racing. Yep. So you can reach out to us um, at Rosie underscore Rippers. You can also reach out to us on our individual uh, social media accounts. So you can find me pretty much anywhere at on under Ribbit FPV. Uh, Rue can be found anywhere as Rue FPV. And same with uh, Amanda. She is PyFly. I'm PyFly with the exception of Instagram where I'm PyFly Zoom because PyFly was already taken. There we go. And PyFly is spelled P-I. Yes, like P-I, because I recite the number. <laughs> All right, so why Wait, don't we do this? I think demonstrate that for you. Yeah, I'll tell oh, okay. you what. You want to close it out for us with this? Sure. Well, thank you very much, ladies. We appreciate your time this afternoon on RC Stuff powered by Hobbywing. Um, the 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 real reason that most folks listen to the show, Mike. Do you do you remember yet why, what the real reason is? I wrote it down this time in my spreadsheet. Okay. What 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 did you write down? Let's see. Carry the two. It looks like free RC stuffs. Dude, he's got it. He's got it. That's right. The free RC stuff is the actual reason that most people listen to the show. So. Without further ado, I'm going to get to this week's RC Stuff winner. And oh, I, Hold on. Don't, oh. don't do the drum roll yet. You, it's too soon. I, I thought I had it on my screen, and I didn't. I got anxious. Give me just a moment. I, I'm sorry, everybody. This is the, the worst part of it. I found it. Okay. From, from Caddy, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Patrick Amick. Woo! Yay! Patrick, we will be in touch. Make sure that you check your spam folder for an email from hobbywing.com, and we will be in touch with you about some sweet rock crawler gear. Sounds like you're a rock crawler guy, and we're going to have to ask you what your T-shirt size is because you didn't put that in here, but that's okay. But uh, once again, folks, thanks for joining us for another episode of RC Stuff Powered by Hobbywing. Also, special guest to our friends, the Rosie Rippers. Uh, once again, I'm Charlie Swanka with Mike Chin. Mike Chin, take nope, us away, not sir. Mike Chin. Mike Chen. Oh, Mike Chen. Oh, I'm, I'm not that Mike Chen. <laughs> I said Chen. I said Chen. I, I heard something Chen. different. But. 
Chris Thomas, when we when we were talking at I.O., he's like, he's the chillest of the Chens. I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm not Mike Chin, he says. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. No apologies needed. Just making sure everybody out there knows that I am not the TVS Mike Chin. Yeah, you're better. You're the hobby wing Mike Chin. Exactly. All right, once again, folks, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of RC Stuff powered by Hobby Wing. We will see you next time. Bye.